Black Doctors Podcast, Season 6. Hello, welcome back to the Black Doctors Podcast. I'm Stephen, your host. Excited to continue on with the non-hostile takeover of the show by Tour for Diversity, an incredible organization that's doing so much to increase diversity within the healthcare workforce. This podcast is sponsored by Picmonic. In 2011, two medical students came up with the ingenious idea to combine medical education with unforgettable characters and ridiculously memorable stories. Featuring over 35,000 high-yield facts and graphics, Picmonic has helped over 600,000 students improve exam scores and perform better clinically. Picmonic has resources for pre-med and medical students, as well as other healthcare professions. Check out the show notes for a link to their website. Mention the podcast when you subscribe. With Picmonic, you can study less, but remember more. Without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Cameron Matthews. He's going to be our host for today. I love it. Thank you so much, Stephen. Um, yes, TPD, Tour for Diversity in Medicine, is extremely excited to be doing this takeover. This is our second episode, and uh, today we're going to be changing up a little bit of perspective uh, where we're going to be talking about mentorship, the importance thereof, and, and why it's been so critical in uh, pretty much all of the mentors on T4D, all of our lives, uh, but particularly the three of us today. We're going to have a great conversation for you guys. I'm Dr. Cameron Matthews again. I am a family physician currently located in Washington, D.C., and I have been with T4D from the very beginning. I'm one of the, the founders and, and directors and uh, just have been absolutely just blown away by the fact that this actually has worked. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. Um, so I'm going to allow my friends to introduce themselves as well. Dr. Williams, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I'm excited to be here and uh, be in conversation with you beautiful Black women Thank physicians you. changing the face of medicine. There we go. I am an acute care surgeon out of the University of Washington in Seattle. And I have been with T4D for, I don't know how many years now, but it's definitely been over a decade, I think. <laughs> it's been a bit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Time flies when you're having fun. So excited to be here. Love it. Dr. Freeman. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Brandy Freeman. I am an academic general pediatrician at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. Uh, and I've been with T4D from the very beginning. I, I was in the car when they came up with the idea and have been on the road ever since. So really excited to be it. here. I love it. These are two of my sisters in every way. And let me take a, a few moments just to describe Tour for Diversity in Medicine for, for our listeners who may not be as familiar with it. We are a nonprofit organization that is really focused on bringing the concept of medicine, the concept of healthcare to the students that need to learn about it most. We are obviously focused on uh, diversifying the workforce, um, but really what our goal is with T4D is to make sure that we are finding those students that maybe don't have that right advising or that mentoring, or we may not be connected with that academic medical center. We're going out to those campuses around the country to find them, to inspire them, and, and to really cultivate them along the, the path into medicine, dentistry, and pharmacy. We're actually uh, multifocal in that sense. Uh, we've been around for 10 years. We've been to 27 states and our, obviously now our, our virtual programming for the past couple of years has just exploded and we're very happy about that. Um, so definitely check us out. I'll say it again at the end, but definitely check us out all across social media. We're at Tour, the number four diversity uh, across every possible platform. 
All right, guys, let's jump into this. Today's topic is specifically focused on mentorship, and this is something we clearly value. We even call ourselves the mentors on T4D. Um, let's, let's open it up. What does a good mentor actually do for you as an individual? Um, I know for myself, a, a good mentor actually helps me like level set, helps me figure out what um, my problems are when I can't even really maybe even put words behind it at the time. Like a mentor helps me think through it, but doesn't give me the answer, helps me think through it. What do you ladies think? What's a, what's a good mentor do for you? So I would say a good mentor supports, but also challenges you. So whether it's they're helping you find opportunities, helping you think through opportunities, um, you know, they're not going to necessarily just give you the answer and tell you what to do. Um, but they're going to help you figure it out, help you march your path and support you in doing that. And then help you really think about the hard things that like you can do hard things and help you make sure that you do them to make yourself the most successful. Yeah, I want to add to that. I, I completely agree with both of you, Dr. Freeman and Dr. Matthews. Uh, and I think a lot of times it's hard for people to make that distinction around, you know, uh, identifying what a mentor versus an advisor does, right? So when we think about advisors, pre-med advisors, et cetera, there's like a rubric, a template that is set out and they say, okay, these are the requirements to get into this professional school. Or these are requirements to get into graduate school. Or these are the things that we know that is the, a path that pe- the majority of people take. So we're going to help you meet the, this checklist. Whereas mentors are specific to you and your specific needs. And those needs change over time, right? So you have a mentor at one point in your life for one specific thing, meaning I have a research mentor that helps me really figure out what type of research do I want to do within my academic career? How do I best achieve my research goals? But that mentor isn't the same mentor who helps me think about my clinical practice. How do I grow it? What things do I need to do? How should I be targeting that? Which is different than the mentor that helps me understand my personal life and how it engages with my career and how can I optimize those two. And so you can have multiple mentors. There isn't this one person that fits neatly all the boxes, but multiple people that are going to help you navigate all the different aspects of who you are and what's unique to you. Right. And so an advisor maybe gives you the population health, like that bird's eye view of saying this is what everybody does traveling along this path. But the mentor is going to be that precision medicine, right? That really what's what's unique about you that how can I help you achieve your specific goals? Not what everybody else is doing, but what's unique to you and how can I help you achieve those goals? And it's important to note that if that mentor isn't helpful in those paths, it's okay to end that relationship and find somebody else who does help you meet those goals. But it's really specific to who you are. And that's really when you have a good mentor that can help you meet you where you are and help you grow to that next step you're trying to meet. Oh my gosh, leave it to Dr. Williams. An advisor is that population health and a mentor is that precision medicine. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Um, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think about, we have a, we have a handful, three now, um, advisors on the tour, right? We purposefully wanted to stack the deck, right? In every way so that when we're traveling across the country, when we're talking to students on, on Zoom, that we, we have, those differing sort of roles, right? And we can offer that sort of feedback. And I absolutely love that all of us even still turn to our advisors, right? Like our three advisors on the tour, we still turn to them because 
there's those fundamentals exactly about the application process, you know, perhaps even there's those fundamentals about the application process, perhaps even um, questions that we may have that have changed, right? Like when, when did I apply to med school? Like the, I can't, I do not even want to say that on this podcast, but it was a good bit of time ago and it has changed, right? And so those advisors are the ones that are keeping track of what you need to do and are going to have that perspective of more than just medicine, right? All of us are, are actual, you know, practicing physicians, but, you know, there's a lot of other opportunities out there. Those advisors need to be also kind of broad spanning. So yes, across the different opportunities in healthcare. I love it. I love it. I think a mentor for me, um, I think we often want to find someone that we connect with, right? That um, maybe um, I, I have obviously, maybe not obviously, but I have a handful of of black mentors. I absolutely love it. But I have one um, older white guy um, that I absolutely have gotten so much out of this relationship. I have learned so much from him about how to be a leader, um, about how to manage uh, change management to manage transformation. And I love that he's been a mentor in my career. Um, and I love that I can actually talk to him about racial issues as well. Like we've, we've bridged that whole gap. It's not uncomfortable in any sort of way. And that's the one thing I'd, I'd love to, to hear if, if you guys like, do you have that mentor that, um, maybe was, a surprise, right? Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, this, this person, I'm really excited to connect. I was totally surprised to connect with this one mentor that I'm picking up. And now we are the dearest of, of friends. But I clearly look at him for, look towards him for advice. What about you guys? Any, any mentors that just completely surprised you? Uh, yeah, actually my research mentor, she's retired. Uh, so she is, uh, my research mentor is now, she's 90. Ooh. 92. Oh, wow. Wow. Love yeah. And she's retired, but I realized retired mentors have a, they're an asset because they got a whole mm-hmm. lot of time and they're not working anymore. So they're there just to support you. So it's been really wonderful, like just in terms of, you know, now she always thinks I have more time than I actually do <laughs> because she's like, well, why aren't you working 24 hours a day? And I'm like, because I can't do that. But it's been really great. You know, it, we were actually introduced by, um, our foundation at the hospital actually, because I do research in the area that she um, used to work in. Um, but it was really more so supposed to be to benefit the hospital and it ended up benefiting me. It's been fantastic. Yeah. I think that's so it, it, wonderful what you speak to Dr. Freeman about that generational, bridging that generational um, almost divide. Right? And one thing I've encountered, especially now I am um, functioning as PI for our SHPP site at the University of Washington, which is wonderful, right? To be mm-hmm. in that mentorship role. I participated in programs like this when I was an undergrad. So to now have that come full circle and be the PI, right? It's just amazing. And you know, the, this is a common question of like from students about, you know, finding mentors and what does that look like? And the, especially now with a lot of the reckoning that we've had in our social political spaces around race in medicine in particular. And there is a big pull from our students of color wanting to make for sure they have a mentor who comes from a racial ethnic background and that should be the only people they're receiving mentorship from. And a lot of times we have to remind them we're still so small in numbers in medicine, right? 
And while we are making our presence felt by using things like social media to be able to reach a broader audience and be able to engage in these conversations, um, you have to recognize who's going to be on the ground with you and who's going to be able to help you in that day to day. And it may not be a person who comes from your same racial ethnic background, may not be a person who represents your same gender identity, but that doesn't mean that they don't have your back and they can't help you navigate the things that you need to navigate. Because the most important thing is that you want to have someone was either, you know, traverse that path before you so they can make that a little bit easier for you, who have some sort of um, skill set already in the space that you're hoping to enter, uh, and who you resonate and can connect with. And as Dr. Matthews just said, like, you'll be surprised by who that person can be. And when I think about the individuals who have propped me up and mentored me and helped me elevate my ability to navigate and grow within academic medicine. Yes, I have countless Black physicians that I can think of that continue through Society of Black Academic Surgeons that I'm a member of um, and have gotten leadership opportunities through that. But even within my own space right now, I have a white woman and an older Latino male. And both of them went to bat for me, right? Like they made for sure that my, not just mentorship, but and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit, but sponsorship, sponsorship right? Say, Putting my go. name Throw up in spaces, yep. right? Yes. Sponsorship, sponsorship, right? Like they're sitting at tables that I don't even know exist, yep. right? You talk about, yeah, have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Heck, I don't even know some of these tables exist out there, right? But they are yeah, already yeah. in these very advanced leadership positions. And they're speaking my name in rooms that I don't even know exist unless I'm getting these additional opportunities. And it was because of their both belief in me and that forward thinking that some of these mentors and sponsors, they can see a path that you are already discounting yourself for, right? Mm-hmm. Like you may be dealing with imposter syndrome, stereotype threat. You're not feeling like, oh, I'm worthy. And they already see your potential and they're speaking that into existence for you, right? Like your grandma used to pray for you, make sure that you go walk into those spaces when you don't even know yeah. that she's praying for you every day, right? Yeah, they right? And so yeah. you, you have to recognize that there are people who are going to be rooting for you. You don't want to minimize or discount those relationships before they're even able to materialize and show benefit. You don't want to discount anyone who comes to your path. You never Never know what somebody is able to offer to help advance your career. And so you have to be open to any and all relationships because as Dr. Matthew said, you just never know. You never know. You never know. And honestly, I was, um, he was technically my boss, not like, mm. and actually several of my mentors have been my boss's boss, which I gotta mm. say is absolutely fabulous because when my boss is tripping, they step in. I love it. And I try not to like call that card too much, right? I try not to, yeah. you know, like, you know, cash that in like, uh, can you check him? But actually, um, it ends up being quite a, a natural and organic sort of, of thing in, in both situations. I'm wondering if not only have, have you ladies had, um, not just someone that surprised you, but the relationship surprised you. Like Dr. Freeman, you mentioned you, you got connected through through your university, but sometimes these mentoring relationships just become that organic thing, right? Where you're not mm-hmm. paired up, you're not matched up. But sometimes for, for students, for professionals, that can be awkward, right? Like that can be like a little, like we don't know each other, but we're kind of forced to get to know each other. As opposed yeah. to, more of an organic, we get to know each other, we met somewhere, we, we had a great conversation, we stayed in touch, that sort of thing. Have you guys had some of those kind of organic relationships? You know, I have one that comes straight to mind, and it is one of those that came out of left field yeah. that I didn't think would exist. Um, and I know 
the, the person wouldn't mind me sharing this story, but it's actually the dean of our institution, dean and CEO of UW Medicine, Dr. Paul Ramsey, Dean Ramsey. And the way in which we crossed paths was I was a medical student. He was dean when I was still in medical school. And, you know, they highlight a medical student that's doing good in the community. He includes that in his annual address to the School of Medicine and to the entire UW Medicine community. And so my name was somehow brought to him as a student highlight for the year. And so he uh, got information through his administrator or something and highlighted me. And then afterward, just by learning about actually the work that I was doing, requested to meet with me. And it was just a casual meeting. We spoke, he learned more about me, learned what I was doing. And since that time, he would just do just check-ins every now and then. And then over time, we really did just morph into this friendship. He connected me with a mentor in surgery that ended up being like my mentor and sponsor, uh, you know, offered up opportunities. But it really did morph into a friendship where now like I'm invited to his retirement party, like with his close friends. Right. And it's just like it's beautiful what it transformed into. And I never would have guessed I would say I would call the dean of our institution, you know, a friend, older white guy in family medicine. Um, but to have seen that relationship evolve has just been amazing and something I never would have guessed. Yeah. I love that you can consider it a friendship as well, too, because I, I think of, of of this one mentor as a friend as well, too. And and it it brings a level of comfort, right, it, of, of relaxation where we, we can joke around. I mean, he was, again, my boss's boss. So like I still had like a level of formality and we were at the VA, right? So like it's damn near military. So I'm saying sir. Like, but that's just a level of formality that that's more just out of respect as opposed to, you know, a separation between you know. I still call him sir. I don't even care. Like I just respect him that much. You know, even you know, he, I mean he was he was a general. Like I'm gonna call him sir. <laughs> like you know, yeah. and but I love that I know about his family. I love that he always asks about my family. Um, and, and I see that as so much more than just a professional relationship. So I'm, I'm kind of honored to call him Frank. Yeah. Love it. All right. Um, what we all, every single one of us coming through training, school, all of this, even now, um, have, have unfortunately been the, um, the receiver of maybe some bad advice um, from a mentor or maybe from an advisor. We can, we can even expand it, but do you, uh, I, um, I'm trying to think of, of some bad advice. I know I've had some, but have you guys had any examples of, of some bad advice given to you? Because I, I think definitely what we have heard every single stop on the tour, right. Are students that we know for a fact just got absolutely horrible advice. Um, either from their advisor or mentor. What's some that, that either you guys had or that you've heard? Um, I had an advisor tell me to kind of basically not follow my passion. This was in my academic career um, where I really like doing leadership stuff. And at one point in time, I met with him and he was like, oh, you need to wait till you're a leader in your career to do that. And I... It's that's that doing the leadership stuff, doing these 
these spaces that are not like the traditional academic path are more where I find joy and passion. And, you know, I consider it bad advice because if I listened to him, I wouldn't be in my current position. You know, I wouldn't have, you know, I, I just got promoted, but I'm an associate vice chair of our department. But no, it, it's, it's one of those things like I on my path was not going to be his and he could only see his path as the correct mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, if someone is trying to like redirect you away from something that you're like, no, I feel this in my heart. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is how I am different, it's how I contribute. I think that's bad advice. Right? I think that's clutch, Dr. Freeman, what you're talking about right there, because that's what mentors Mm -hmm. are supposed to do, right? Like they should meet you where you're at and help you ascend, not try and make you conform Mm -hmm. to somebody else's idea of what success looks like. Mm -hmm. What is your idea of success and how do we help you reach that? Mm -hmm. And that is what defines a good mentor, a mentor relationship, where they can separate themselves from the scenario and say, we are talking about you, not me, not Jane on John over here, like you. And how do we help you be successful? Um, I think that at similar to a lot of other pre-meds, I've heard it, you know, you take it at, depending on where you're at in training, when you're in med school, you know, I hear about, I was trying to get into med school and I'm pre-med, uh, getting the advice about how you have to be a science major, which is the ultimate oh, biggest okay. worst advice ever, right? You know me. That's um, the worst. Right? <laughs> the, the worst advice, you have to be a science major. No, you don't. No, you don't. Right? Or that you have to have these specific extracurriculars in order to look mm-hmm. better to medical school. Or you have to have research. Right. And every single thing I did was in education and in healthcare workforce diversification. That was it. it. Nothing was in any of those traditional spaces uh, it, regarding healthcare or be working in a nursing home, et cetera, that people are sort of believed to have to follow this certain path. And I remember when I was in undergrad, my advisor actually dropped me because I was working full time and I was coming from, you know, we're going to laugh about it now. It was hard work at the time, but I worked at the Adidas store in San Francisco while I was trying to (laughs) pay for my college tuition, right? So I'm trying to make it in San Francisco traffic back to campus to meet with my advisor. And I think I was 15 minutes late. And when I got into there, she said, I don't think you're taking this seriously. I think we need to end this relationship. And instead of recognizing like the barriers that I faced as a student who was working full time, did not have economic resources for my family, but here I am, you know, in this private institution. I transferred there after Hurricane Katrina. And instead of taking the time to get to know me and my barriers and saying, how can I help? How can we help you navigate or reach your goals? Um, it was a blanket, this isn't working. You need to find somebody else because you must not be taking this seriously, right? And so that, so that was to my benefit. Was that? crushing though when you like oh at the time definitely definitely you know and that's how you destroy people right if you think about students who are just like well i guess i can't this isn't for me this path isn't for me i don't have an advisor anymore i don't know what i'm gonna do you know i'm you know and by the grace of god i had a wonderful black woman mentor who i was able to turn to who still you know helped me navigate that time and i took gap years and i figured out my path but it was because i had other mentors that are able to fill those gaps and, and recognize the barriers that I faced and help to kind of root me on to that next step. Mm-hmm. But then even when you think about like going into surgery as a woman, I heard all of the kind of stereotypical, you, you can't go into surgery as a woman because you'll never have kids or get married, right? 
And I had a wonderful white woman mentor who pulled me aside and, you know, said, surgery seems to be what you really enjoy. You did great on your rotation. You know, are you applying into surgery for residency? And when I told her all those things I'd heard, she's like, well, I'm married and I have twins at home. Does that change your perspective at all? And she took me under her wings and made for sure that, you know, so there's so many times where people will give you advice based on misconceptions or what they believe is is their truth, right? (laughs) Or a truth. And you just have to, as Dr. Freeman said, I can't agree with you more. Stay true to your passions. Mm -hmm. And not only will you do well, you will achieve greatness. Yes. Love it. Love it. You know what? I had the same... Thankfully, I never really considered him a mentor. It was it was just one of those kind of like exploratory conversations that I thought he was going to become a mentor because he was one of those elusive MDJDs out there before. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was trying to make that decision, and now there's there's a good number of us, so I'm proud of that. But this guy was it's exactly the same thing, Dr. Freeman. It was he clearly was bitter about his own experience. Um, mm-hmm. He clearly couldn't see that. I was aiming for an experience that was different for him, different from him. Um, but yet that, you know, there were similarities that he could help with. It, it just came across. And I even in, it was one conversation, thank God. And even in that conversation, mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I, I even remember the word bitter popped up in my head. That's why I keep saying that he was, I was just like, oh dude, just cause you're mad doesn't mean you should turn me away from my path. And, and so thankfully, um, yeah, it, it was an irrelevant conversation. Ultimately, I'm I'm very happy about that. I think some of the best advice, though, let's let's turn it positive. I would say one of my again my my other mentor who I've been referring to, who was also my boss's boss, a, a black man who has mentored a, a good number of of people really across the country. He's he's phenomenal. He helped me really think through the fact that I knew I was going to take my career in a different direction. And so for him to tell me, never close yourself off to any opportunities that come to you, um, even though you may be kind of grounded in one position and, and think you're on one path and think this is the only direction and, and you've already made decisions that maybe you feel are kind of permanent, he said, never close yourself off for opportunities because you know, sometimes you got a zig and sometimes you got a zag and hmm. you never know when your path could zag. And, and just because you've made a decision in the past doesn't mean you can't make maybe not the opposite decision, but one that, that seems to be out of line, but ultimately works for you. And when he finally mm-hmm. said that, I was just like, oh, wow, I'm comfortable. I'm much more comfortable thinking about changing roles, changing direction. Um, cause he's been thinking like that and, and it was great to have that perspective. I thought that was, that was some of the best advice ever. Hey, it's Steven, host of the Black Doctors Podcast. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a minute to talk about TrueLearn. They are a sponsor of the Black Doctors Podcast and we're thankful for them investing in our mission. TrueLearn is a company that specializes in test preparation. They provide a data-driven approach to help students prepare for their examinations. They provide resources for those in the medical licensure exam process with a complex, a USMLE, and even for physician assistants. And they also provide resources for subspecialty exam prep. Specifically for those in medical school, they offer individual NBME subject exam smart banks, and they cover the rotations that include neurology, emergency medicine, psychiatry, pediatrics, surgery, OBGYN, family medicine, and internal medicine. Eight different subspecialties. As a special bonus for those of you that listen to the show, TrueLearn is offering a discount 
To receive that discount, visit their website. When you sign up for one of their products, use the code BDPODCAST. So Black Doctors Podcast. There's also going to be a link in the show notes. Check that out. Everybody loves saving money. And now let's get back to today's episode. Hmm. Yeah, I I can't agree with that more. Dr. Freeman, I, I can see your face. You, you, you're, you're brewing on something. Um, you know, I can, I, I will say it was similar with my mentor, uh, Dr. Matthews. Uh, I would say that it was the, what does success look like for you? And I think that that was the one thing that my mentor, as far as like a very positive thing that I learned from a, a really good mentor was really owning my story and owning my future. Because so much of what we do, a lot of times, and I, I, I fight this and I, I tell my medical students when I, when they come to me, right? That we, we really infantilize adults, unfortunately, mm. right? Like we take very high achieving, high performing students coming out of undergrad and then we put them in med school and then we start this process of saying, oh, you don't know anything. You have to You're learn all bottom. over again. Yeah. You're at the bottom. Yes. Uh-huh. And I despise that mentality. I feel Thank like there's you. much of, a, a much better way that we can build up physicians besides this idea that you have to start from the bottom and work your way up. It's like, well, then why was I the brightest thing ever that you were recruiting me to come to your institution if I am now somehow at the bottom of the barrel and have to learn so much? Like, we all have something to learn, right? Mm-hmm. But I think there's a much better way to engage um, and to build up. And I feel like that's where I lost a lot of my critical thinking wasn't going through my process because so much of what was they told to you was that you have to learn from all these other great individuals, right? Um, and I stopped really, really believing that I had something critical to say and that, you know, I needed to just give all this deference to all these other smarter people around me who've just been in medicine for so much longer. But I think now we're having a shift in medical education where we're actually starting to understand that there's so much to learn from these generations that are much more further along in understanding like gender identity, much further along in understanding racism and race in medicine, to which they're teaching the teachers, right? Like they're teaching the medical schools how to engage in these conversations now. Um, and I think that owning like the expertise that I have in sitting in some of those spaces, whereas before I would be so afraid to push back or let my voice be heard. And my mentor really just pushed me to say, like, you are the one who defines your career and you are the one who have so much to offer. And you need to stop discounting yourself for these opportunities. When things come across your desk, you know, I want to see them and let me be the one to tell you no, because you're not giving yourself the credit and the value that you actually have. And so I think having that person who actually spoke life into what I was trying to do and, and really gave me that vote of confidence when I was still dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome allowed me to accelerate and move a lot faster early in my career than I think if I had been left to my own devices. Because I think I would have counted myself out a lot more than having a mentor who could look from a bird's eye view and really see all the potential that was there and what things I needed to help push me to grow, but what things I was already overprepared for that I wouldn't have actually given myself the credit and giving myself the opportunity to step into those spaces to lead. I love that you had that relationship. Margaret, think about the world without Dr. Williams. Oh, my God. Oh, Dr. Williams. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 I think for me, um, it was something simple that a mentor said to me once. They were like, you can do all things. You just don't have to do them all at the same time. Say that. And oh. for me, <laughs> I was like, 
that's really good because I'm really bad at saying no. And so what trying to do all these things, she's like, you can do all of those things, but just not at the mm-hmm. same time. And so I've just always taken that with me as I try to figure out what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, how I'm going to do it. But I agree with both of you too. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. I still feel like sometimes I gotta do everything I want. Uh, yeah, I might need I might need to be told that every once in don't have to do everything. I love that. I love it. Um, when we think about the many students that we've seen, the students that have joined the tour, right? We were talking about we've been at this, you know, ten years now. The students that have joined the tour, tour and have now matured have gone through residency and are now mm-hmm. faculty themselves, right? Um, when we think about the, the residents or the fellows that we've precepted and, and mentored along the way. Um, and then we, we think about where we are, right? Like, let, just think, it, I know I'm, I'm stretching here, but like, this is, this is a marathon as we've described, right? Yeah. Many times. Mm-hmm. A continuum, right? And what, how do you think your view of, of mentoring, maybe for yourself or, or maybe for some of your mentees, has your view of mentoring changed along that continuum? Like, do you think of, I'm trying to think of myself as a student, as a pre-med, you know, the, the difficulty that you feel and, and probably, yes, a little bit of that imposter, but I almost feel like as a pre-med, it was pre-imposter. I just didn't even know what I wanted to be, let alone <laughs> think that I was ready for it or able to do it, right? And so I, I think early on, I wanted to be told more. And then I think mm-hmm. as a medical student, I probably wanted to be um, maybe exposed to more. And then as a resident, it was really more you know what? I'm so tired. Stop telling me what to do. My faculty bosses me around so much. Sorry, y'all, if you're listening, but you did. And like, I think more as a resident, it was really more, you know, like, can you just help me figure out my life to be a little bit easier? And now as the, the professional, it's more, oh my gosh, I need more of an executive coach. Like, help me through these scenarios. Like, I feel like now I'm mm. a lot more specific when I go to my mentor. I have this issue, like, I'm, I, and, and I need help with this one relationship I have, this decision that I need to make. Like, I feel that progression over, over mm-hmm. my path. I, I don't know if, if you ladies can describe that same thing, but I see it for myself that it's changed over time. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I'm a pediatrician. I feel like you just described right. development. Like, <laughs> just in general. I was like, I was like, that's completely logical. I was like, that's right. how that works. You're now an adult. That's Congratulations. Amazing. You're a grown up. Not yet. But, not um, yet. you know, I think definitely. <laughs> I was like, well, but you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, and I think it's how, how your mentors work, like whether it's your circle of mentors and the different people people that you bring into your life to be able to serve in that role, they're serving a different purpose at a different time because you're a different person at a different time. You know, I mean, I had the fortunate, wonderful time of knowing you 20 years ago when you thought you didn't know what you were doing. I would agree say, I don't think that was true. (laughs) And I was like, she was always really driven. So I'm like, she didn't know what she was doing. Who knew what I was doing? But you know, but you're a different person now, right? You have experiences you've gone through and what you would need and how that would manifest in terms of a mentoring relationship or a coaching relationship, I think is it's completely different. It makes 
perfect sense. I think I've seen that in myself too, you know, I think for now, like right now, my goals are very focused on leadership and um, trying to figure out what those next steps in my career are. So I meet with my research mentors and that sort of thing. And I have like a career mentor I meet with, but the person I probably talk to more than anything is my leadership coach who really is helping me work through these like actual like decisions within my job and how do I present myself as a leader. So. professional listening to this podcast like yeah. and you feeling lost i'm gonna give a big plug for dr kimmy dole black woman who okay. does career coaching for women in academic medicine oh, yes wait, you use her too, Dr. no you know kimmy I I mean, kimmy like kimmy, kimmy. kimmy. oh yeah. she's talking about that <laughs> kimmy kimmy <laughs> kimmy career coaching for women in academic <laughs> medicine I amazing. love amazing. Yeah. the people that we have come through with our mentoring and all oh, that's amazing. Good. I'm glad. To, oh. <laughs> I'm ready. Sorry. No, I was, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. No, you know what? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's that's the other. I mean, I hate to, we, we although we keep saying this, what the past year or so with the pandemic, the, the silver lining, right? There's so many good things that came out of the, the, the difficulty of the past couple of years, right? But that um, I think there is so much strength, obviously, in who we can find locally and who we can connect with. But I'm also mm-hmm. now connecting with a whole bunch of people in a very different way because it's just part of our norm, right? That Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm connecting with people mm-hmm. all around the country when I don't think it was as prevalent, like, at least for mm-hmm. me, I think I was, I was more focused locally. Um, but now that, um, it's just as easy to jump on a zoom, I, I feel like our culture has changed to accept that within our profession as well. So yes, please, everyone send a message to Kemi because she's at University of Washington and you can find her. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, so one of the um, experiences I have enjoyed, but I'm I'm kind of um, at the beginning of. I just joined this this network. It's it's kind of LinkedIn based called Chief. Have you guys, ladies, have you heard of Chief? All right. So it is it is um, it it it's only I don't know if they tweet at all, but it's really social media based. Uh, sorry, LinkedIn based at that, and it is a startup for women. For women leaders, typically C-suite or VP kind of manager level. And it's so it's this huge national network. You get paired up, not that I should be promoting other, other organizations or anything, but you get paired up into these groups where you do peer coaching. And so I am now in a group. There's, mm-hmm. there's eight of us. We're, we're kind of East Coast based. Um, I'm the only black and that's fine. In my group, there's tons across the Chief Network, and and we have an app for Chief, and so you can find everybody. I found all the Soros branding. Yes, the data is all up in the app. You know, like there's a healthcare group. There's women with um, children group. There's there's all these different groups Mm. where you can connect. But then you get matched up in your core group, and supposedly they do this kind of. It wasn't a personality test, but supposedly they try to connect people who they think might really need each other at that time. And so I'm going through this peer coaching experience now. And and I bring this up because like I'm I'm clearly paying a very lot of money for this experience, which I love. I'm loving these women. 
But I also think to the tour and how we do, I think, a significant amount of peer coaching. I think it's one of the yeah. strengths of joining our family, as we call ourselves, right? That, you know, we all at one point or another have called each other up and asked for advice or asked for how to handle stuff or written each other letters or, have uh, you know, say, oh, I have this speaking engagement. Who wants to take this? You know, kind of uh, almost that... um I guess, sponsorship sort of way. And actually, we have even sponsored each other, putting people's names out there for projects and positions and committees and things like that. Um, I think that's one thing that's not as probably prominently discussed, the strength that we get from our peers as far as mm. mentoring. Um, yep. And I, I can think to one uh, peer mentor uh, that I had in choosing the job that I was going to take when I was leaving Chicago, huge major geographic decision, you know, for me, but also wound up being a big career shift. And his advice to me was more about how he had made a decision. It wasn't so much like he was like, I, I don't know how to advise you on to make this decision. It was to help me walk through my decision and give me almost a, a, a rubric of how to make mm. the decision and end up being completely right. I loved it. Um, and then there's, there's so many other examples just within the tour. Um, is that something you guys even talk about, like with your mentees, like what are you getting from each other? I feel like there's mm -hmm. more we could even be doing formally on the tour as much as we do do already. Um, but are you talking about this with your mentees as well? I feel like this peer coaching, peer mentoring needs to be more part of the conversation because we can learn a lot from each other about ourselves, about each other, right? No, I, I think that's a great point. I, I can't say that it's something that I've really been talking about within like my mentees. It's something that our institution talks about a lot, whether um, we've had some coaching programs and peer support programs, that sort of thing that have been developing by kind of our, our wellness team and that sort of thing. But as I think about it, I think it is one of those places, you know, like part of my job for our department is, building community. And so in some sense, I try to do that amongst the residents and have them build um, a way to support each other. But I think it is something that could be very intentional in terms of like, whether it's having peer groups, um, a friend of ours, um, Dr. Tyler Smith, who's um, at the University of Kansas, actually, it started something like that within pediatric academic medicine, where we had these peer mentorship calls once a month, and it was Black women, well, we did let the men in. So we, it was black pediatricians. <laughs> it was just there are a lot more women in pediatrics <laughs> than men um, who would get on the phone once a month and just help each other through things. And so uh, I think it's definitely something that we should be emphasizing more for this like next generation because um, I definitely can see where I benefited from it myself. people in your network who are going through the same thing that you are as far as timeline and where they're at in life. And you can learn so much from what other people are doing, learn from opportunities that they're getting and how that might also benefit you, sharing information, learning how you study, you know, like learning how somebody else studies or processes information. You learn so much from that. So there's so many different things, especially as you think about that continuum that Dr. Matthews was referencing earlier, you know, like 
depending on where you're at in life, you can learn so much from the peers that are going through those same exact things. Because if you think about it, like people in certain age groups are usually struggling through the same things around that time. That, that's why that's a near peer mentorship uh, goes so far because you have people who relate, right? And instead of that generational gap where, you know, there are people who are, are in a different point in their life. And so maybe they can they have you, that full future thinking, but whereas people who are in your same sort of uh, age range, um, near peers, are as they're going through those same things, you also just have a, a lot of that camaraderie. Just if nothing else, you just have somebody who can say, I understand, I'm struggling through the same thing. Let's learn together. Thank you. The, the co-struggle is a necessary <laughs> recognition, right? That, that it's hard that, you know, we, we may make decisions, uh, that, that might not necessarily be best in a, in a, in retrospect, but now, hey, we're doing this together. And yeah, I agree. I think that it's, it's a, it's a different source of support I've found. Um, mm-hmm. that is, I think goes back to what we're talking about as far as mentors being friends, right? Um, that it, it's a, it's a different, there's not that hierarchy, right? There's not like as much as it, that yeah. hierarchy can come down and often will when it's a particularly strong mentoring relationship, right? But that, that peer level, um, it's never there in the first place. So it's, it's a different mm-hmm. dynamic. And I, I agree. I think it's something, um, that we need to, to be emphasizing more, especially for this younger generation, particularly when the, the, not that any of us want to recognize that it's more difficult for those who are coming after us, but I do think it's more difficult for, for students and mm-hmm. residents, you know, going through this path as well, too. And, and particularly from a mental health standpoint, particularly from, um, you know, just a, a societal standpoint, they need yeah. each other as well as, as peer mentors, peer coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have. A, a few more minutes and I wanted to close it out with, the, I didn't want to bring this up first, but the number one question we always get on the tour, right? About mentoring. It, it's the hard one. It's the one which kind of touched on a little bit. Um, but where do you go to find a mentor? How do you find one? Right. It, it's the number one question we get across the board and, you know, I'm, I'm sure I feel like every time I get asked this, the student is always just looking at me or thinking as they're reading it on the screen, like, really, that's all you're going to tell me? But like, I, I, feel like, I feel like I can never get a really impressive answer here, but we're going to impress them today. Where do we actually find mentors? Where do we send students to, to really uh, get what, what we've all been describing during, the, during this talk? <laughs> So wonderful mentors, ready, waiting, willing to help guide you into that next phase of success in your life. Um, I feel like that's the drop the mic answer for anybody listening in. T4D's website. website. There we go. Drop the yep. But in addition to that, uh, you know, I think that something that we all stated that is very clear is that you don't you you don't close yourself off. I say the, 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 the better part of that question is how do you not get a mentor? And it's mm. not by not being open to one. 
because you might miss the mentor that's sitting right in front of you, ready, willing to help you because you think it is one specific thing or it should look a certain way. And it is those surprises that get you, you know, those individuals that you didn't think or you wouldn't believe would be able to identify you across racial lines, gender identity, et cetera, that will be your biggest mentor, your biggest cheerleader and help you through those most difficult things. So, um, Number one, don't close yourself off. And number two, don't be afraid of a cold call email. That that cold email from somebody who you never, you don't know, but you read something about them and their path issues you, something just, you know, sat with you that that person might be a good one for you to connect with. Listen to your gut and reach out. You never know. That's how I met one of the strongest mentors I have is just through a cold email. And we are the best of friends this day. See, I was going to say, be born with one because I was. <laughs> um, I, I tell this story on the tour a lot. That my 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 first mentor, who still mentors me to this day, was my pediatrician who met me the day you I was born in the nursery, and he likes to say he told me to be a pediatrician <laughs> then, and I just clearly followed directions really well. But um, I think you could take that also to mean that just because, like, whatever place you are in life, don't forget the places you've been. Mm. You know, I was a Girl Scout and there was like this saying where you say, make new friends, but keep the old. Some are silver, others are gold. Aww, and so I really remember. thinking about like those past experiences that you've had, those people. And don't just think you have to just keep looking for somebody new and whatever. Just think about those people you've had experiences with before and how can they be a part of your life and support you um, for what you're trying to do. I love it. I love it. I will speak on thinking about... The cold call emails, though, itself that I have gotten over time. Some of them are interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll describe them as interesting. Some of them are, um, so I, I, I'll, I'll just say it outright, and I'd love to know you guys' response. I sometimes, I, I have gotten a handful of the ones that are literally just, my name is, I go to this school, I would like a mentor, can you mentor me? Like, literally, that's it. What do you guys think about that? Because it, it turns me off. Does it turn you guys off? I'm seeing, I'm seeing Dr. Freeman say, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it may not turn so, anybody else. I wanted to get into that. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, it, it's hard. Like, I, I, I work in an academic institution. I, I, you know, I have patients who are like, I want to be a doctor. And I'm like, okay. You know, um, I think sometimes what I struggle with is when I just get those like cold emails is, do they actually know what it means? You know, where, cause I have students that I work with that are medical students, PA students, like across the board. And then, you know, you add in the patients and I mentor some of them. And sometimes it's like a one-time mentoring conversation. Other times it is, you know, an actual relationship. There's one resident I'm working with now, I've been working with her for six years. And so, you know, it, it's, it's different types of relationships and, you know, Sometimes I'm like, well, what are you exactly looking for? Um, I have to keep in mind the developmental stage of mm-hmm. who is emailing me because, you know, the email from a high school student is very different from the email from a medical student or from someone later. And so keeping that in mind, do they know what they're asking or what they're doing? Um, and so I, I, I try to like taper my responses to that and, and to the context um, and then kind of go from there. Thank you for the pediatrics for that. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's that so developmental school, stage is yeah. so true. Yeah. Right. So true. And, and so honestly, true. I think, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Matthews, what that shows me is like, 
that person's in need of mentorship. If nothing else, like um, how to write a um, good email to reach out to somebody so when you're good. asking for things, right? And so I, I, you know, I sit in the space of part of my FTE is doing this ecosystem programming and, and working with students. And so I always remind myself when I get those emails or even some of the terse ones, right? It's like, okay, this mm-hmm. person definitely needs mentorship so they know how to engage and reach out, right? And it's not my job to mentor everyone. I think that's, you know, key what Dr. Freeman said. Like sometimes it's just that one call, right? Like I just have this one conversation, kind of lay the groundwork, figure out what their needs are. And I'm able to sometimes funnel them to somebody who I think would be a better fit that can help them, you know, maybe form a better relationship. I'm not the mentor for everybody. And I think that's one thing I've learned over time as my idea of mentorship has evolved over time is I'm not the mentor for everybody, just like everybody isn't the mentor for me. And how can I be that bridge to help somebody, you know, connect with somebody who would be a good, a good person to help them along the path. As always, Dr. Williams, Brian, you're so true. I mean, we've even said that on the tour. Some of the schools that we've been to have been interesting dynamics to work with. And that has only reinforced they need us even more. They need mm-hmm. us on their campus. And so you're, you're exactly right. I, I think I think it's great that the students are showing their initiative and reaching out. And so, yeah, helping them along the way as they do that is, is our job. I love that. I love that. All right. With that, I am so grateful for my dear friends here for this great conversation. It always helps me. Uh, well, first of all, because we're all in three different time zones, I love connecting with y'all as much as as little as we do but as much as we can i thank you guys so much for having this conversation i thank dr bradley for giving us the platform to do this um again tour for diversity and medicine we are here and and just ready to connect with students and so dr bradley thank you for giving us this opportunity to do so um being able to hear this uh, live. I'm sorry you all won't have the pleasure of hearing it live, but I was able to listen live. I'm so inspired. I know more about finding mentorship and sponsorship. Definitely some things I can work on. If uh, Dr. Lovanani was here, he would say, um, I hope you picked up those gems. There was quite a few gems yeah, that I were there. I was trying shared. to think of what he would say. <laughs> he always did it summarizing the gems. Oh, yes. Well, thank you all so much. And please don't be a stranger if at any time you want to come in and talk about whatever is on your minds. The platform is yours. We're so happy to be partnering with Tour for Diversity. And a portion of the proceeds of the show will go to support them in their efforts to diversify medicine. Thank you so much for joining us and tune in next week to hear more from their organization. Thank you.